We live. This is the Michael Leaders. It's Wednesday night live. The Michael Leaders is back. Episode two hundred nine today. Please give it up to the one and only. Whoa, 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 whoa! Before I'm going to introduce her tonight, we would like to introduce the video sponsors and the audio podcast sponsors and every podcast sponsor that is involved with us here tonight. We got Raphael's tailoring and look at him. He's right there, and now we can all see. <laughs> Who is this? Ah, that's Raphael. Look at him. He's so good. He's the sponsor of the Michaelated show. He has shoe trees. He has it all there. You can follow him right now on Instagram and Facebook and you get it all. Sewing and alterations. He's on 905 Tungsten Street. Call him now. 4760669. That's across the Persian man where we are on the corner of Tungsten and Central. Yes. Raphael's tailing the one and only for those cut from a different class. Also, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by One Time, One Time, One Time, One Time Brew. Very certain, very excited for next week because Ontario, we are going to reopen 50%. That's what's happening. Pretty sure updates will be posted shortly. One Time Brew, follow them right now on social media. That's Instagram and Facebook. And you can pick up the recent release, Alice for Lasers, Melon Sour. Actually, this one is perfected, perfectionated. This is perfection, perfection. In German, this is good. Mm. Yes. That's good. This is good. Also out right now. Oh, look at the colors. This is how it looks because I never put it in a glass. Oh, hell can't stop us now. You can order that online. This is a Blackberry Ghost. Mm. I have, we have it right here on the table. Just fresh out of the, not freezer, but fresh. Mm. Ready yeah, for I mean, you. You can order it on. Lucas, you want one? Uh, No. Okay. You had it, right? I've had it. It is delightful. Okay. Like from one to ten, what is it for uh, you? I'll tell you what. It can't stop me now. Oh, I get it. What time, brew? A float wellness is up next. Three float tank float center open seven days a week. Book your float right now. I'm going to go float Friday. I'm going to put in my float because I'm missing it. You can call now 767-3529 and just let go, disconnect, relax. Zero gravity floating. It's like going to space, but just better. However, you can leave the lid open. You don't have to close it. Any questions, you just show up. Tracy, Gavin, and the team, they make it all work for you. You just show up for the first time, and they tell you everything about the first float you can book. Can you check Friday? I'm like, I, I didn't book mine yet. <sighs> Spaces are tight. <sighs> I'm not going to tell you when I go because I need that spot. Because I'm very certain on a certain time. Oh, not even a spot on Saturday. Saturday looks pretty booked. Afloat Wellness. The link is right on Instagram. That's www.afloatwellness.floathelm.com slash booking. Disconnect, zero gravity, reduce pain, and get some recovery. Treat yourself. Spa days. They are open right now. Also, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by El Tres. The three Mexican cuisine handcrafted cocktails inspired by the flavors of Mexico right here in Thunder Bay. Also, 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 I can't talk. Also, also, the Poco Mas. It's the satellite location. And if you know where it is, good for you. But it's at the Goods and Co. Market Thunder Bay's 
best place ever since the Eaton Center. I happen to have to see a lot of Eaton's old commercials lately. And it's absolutely amazing. Like, we're very lucky with high definition, I have to say. And Pocomas is right there at the Goods & Co. market. You can order online your own burrito, your own rice bowl, or your taco salad. You, it's so easy. Actually, I love that. Completely go one picture back. Go to that page where they have it all. In On any page, even Bocomas or Eltres, you click on the link and it takes you to all the restaurants because they are all owned locally and they all do it together. And then you can pick where and how you do it. And there's an app launching too, supposedly, very soon. Pocomas. Ooh. Burrito, breakfast burrito, Saturday, Sunday. Otherwise, you can do anything you want. What, 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 what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You going to build something? Let's go taco salad with some salsa verde. Mm. Oh, taco salad. Bring it on. Pork chorizo sausage. Yeah. Can we double this? Yeah, double the meat. Double the meat. And the cheese. Double the cheese? Yeah. We'll also add the guac because we don't want that guac block. Mmm. Nice. Salsa verde. Always good. Oh, yeah. And what, what are you going to do? Go. You can pick up to 15 toppings. I oh, speck lettuce with fried beans, street corn. Lucas is going all out. Cabbage, escabash, and a squeeze of lime juice. Instructions, send it my way. Keep it up. Fresh. Ooh, poco mas. That's how they do it. All right. That's it. Right? That's it? That is it. That's it. Very special guest with me here tonight, episode 209. Please, everybody, give it up to the podcast host, the one and only, not me. No, it's Bella Page. Please. Woo. Hi. This is the first, I think. It is. Yeah, I never had a podcast so far. Oh. Yeah. Did we? Did we ever? I'm very impressed with your episode numbers. <laughs> so many. Yeah. That's the first thing I said to you on Apple Podcasts. Your podcast says daily uploads. And I was like, nice. No. <laughs> I use that to trick Apple Podcasts to upload them faster. That's amazing. It works. It works. It does. Yeah. That's a good hashtag. It's mm -hmm. <laughs> a commercial too, right? Which web commercial is that? It works. Is that Canadian Tire when they have the ice truck? With the batteries? I watch Netflix. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen a commercial since like Nam. Really? Wow. <laughs> this guy, right? Yeah. That's his favorite line. Since Nam? Yeah. Well, it's like 76, but who's counting? Mm, I know. <laughs> Bella, it's an honor that you're here tonight. Thanks for reaching out, making this happen. And I'm, I'm very grateful. You know, I feel like this is going to be a good conversation and I want to dive right into it because your podcast is actually like, I listened to it today and I went through episode 53. Oh, okay. Yeah. The latest one. Yeah. Yeah. That was just, yeah. Yeah. Me which one. <laughs> yeah that was 29 minutes. Mm -hmm. That was digestible for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah could, I don't keep them that long. Yeah, I know. That's nice. Mm -hmm. I was like, I was able to listen to this today when I was setting up the studio. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I learned a little bit about you because you, you're you not just only the host, but you also have a lot of experience. Yeah, I talk about myself a lot, actually, mm -hmm. on this show. Which is good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How did you... How did you get into that podcast? Oh, yeah. So I loved podcasts and I wanted to start helping people with concussions and brain injury survivors. So 
I was trying to think of what to do and COVID had hit and I couldn't really leave my house. <laughs> and right. that's when my brother suggested, he's like, why don't you just start a podcast? And I was like, oh, well, I like podcasts, but I don't want to like, how am I going to do that? I got to find guests from everywhere and do all the logistics of it. I'm not an audio person at all. And then eventually I bought all the equipment and then it sat there for about two months. <laughs> and I just talked to myself for a little while. And then I recorded a few episodes and then I finally just went, okay, I'm just launching one. And I just went from there. Wow. Yeah. That's a good start. Mm -hmm. What podcast did you listen that inspired you to do your own podcast or that you liked podcast? Oh, I like a lot of them. Mm. It's really hard to, I don't actually listen to them as much as I used to now that I'm always podcasting. Yeah, that I makes guess. sense. Yeah, but I like like the short ones that are like how I built this, like the little business ones are mm. nice. And then I like a lot of the mental health ones too. Ah. Mm. I always, I'm always fascinated of what, who listens to what, yeah. because you know, I'm not like the algorithm works for me differently than for you. Oh, sure. Right. So I get like. I get like motivation, running power, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. But it's, it's like, you know, you, there's a lot of amazing content creators out there and a lot of people that are being featured like armchair, right? They are with like Spotify podcast and they help like, who did they add on Kristen Stewart? Mm -hmm. I, I didn't listen to that one, but like things stand out, right? Yeah, for sure. And people call podcasts out too, if it's too scripted and they say, why didn't you ask questions? Right. Fans are like, Oh, yeah, yeah like, like your biggest supporters, but also like your biggest feedback. Yeah. They're going to tell you like, hey, last one was better. <laughs> Michael, your podcast sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's not supposed to be a script. That's the point of it is it's supposed to be a conversation. If you want a script, then listen to an audiobook because I do that too. Right. Did you ever have a guest on the way where you were like, shit, I feel like this is not the true story. Uh, there's a few where I've noticed that they're, they start reading from something that mm. they've like prepared uh, a little bit, okay. uh, but usually with editing, you can make it sound a little more natural, mm -hmm. but otherwise most people are pretty good with just, uh, talking it out. I've had one guest though, that we recorded twice Okay. Uh, for a confidence thing. Like I thought he did great. And then mm. he's like, can we do it again? And I was like, yeah, why not? Yeah. Make you feel good. So yeah. we did it again. That's good. Yeah. I like that. I feel like, I feel like it's not easy to come on a podcast and talk. And I, I have huge respect for people who do it. Yeah. And I think a lot of the time with what I do, it's survivors, like brain injury survivors. Mm -hmm. So what they're talking about is really sensitive and emotional. So I've had people yeah, have like, cry on the show, have to take a break, that kind of thing. So mm -hmm. I find it really helps yeah. to prepare them a little bit for that. You do that too. You do those intermittent breaks. like. Yes, da, I do da, take a break. Da, 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 yeah, da, da. and it's also just to give them a break because a lot yeah. of people that come on my show aren't speakers. Like a lot of the medical professionals uh. are. They speak at conferences and things like that all the time or they have books. But for the survivors, a lot of them have never spoke about it before. So uh. it's a big deal for them so to talk. So you find them? Like the potential uh, guests? I did like for the first like four and then the last I guess 40 something that were with guests. Uh, yeah. No, they all have reached out to me. So, so pretty much nice. like the whole last year you have people lined up. They call you. Oh yeah. Ding, ding. Hey, it's I great. Be yeah. On. I get emails. I get emails uh, from uh, like professionals who are like finding podcasts for doctors and mm. medical professionals and authors to go on and things like that. It's amazing. Yeah. 
It's good. Yeah. Can you can you look up uh, the Instagram, please, Mr. Producer over there? <laughs> you good looking with dry lips today? That is my Instagram. <laughs> is that the one? Yeah, it is. The the last post you did, you know? Yeah. Mental illness equals brain illness. Yeah. That's a very bold statement. It is. Is that your statement? It is my statement. Yes. So I use that because brain illness, when I've had severe depression and things like that, so mental illness, when I was going through my mental illness, I used to get mad at myself. Like, why do you think like this? What's wrong with you? Yeah. There's something wrong with me. Would and you then, say like, oh, I'm broken? Yeah, things like that. And then in the way mental illness is portrayed and a lot of time in the social media and across the world, it's, oh, well, it's just you. Oh, there's something wrong with you. And I never, I had a lot of trouble with that. And then by understanding that it's a brain illness, that there's something actually wrong with me at a medical standpoint, it allows you to kind of switch your view to being like, okay, now I can be proactive about this. I can reach out to doctors, medical professionals, therapy, and actually make be make some lifestyle changes. I can make a difference because I'm understanding that my brain is ill. I'm not just ill. There's not just something wrong with me. There's yes. something. I think that's a really big step. Medically to interest. Wrong. It's you think that step is really hard for people. I think it really is. Yeah. I think brain illness sounds not the greatest, but that's the reality of what a mental illness is. I read a post by Jolene today. Look that up, Lucas. Last latest post on Jolene we had her on, and she talked about post. Um, Postpartum, postpartum depression. Yeah, I'm probably butchering this, but she like she was in the hospital and she posted about that today. Very moving post. But you, I love her honesty, and you know, I I have huge respect for that because that is an as almost as similar as concussion. Not enough talked about mental health oh, and brain sure. and what's going on, mm -hmm. and that's a, like a very interesting topic too. You get your baby and then you. You, the mom just doesn't feel it mm -hmm. and things change and you go to a dark place. Well, and it's things like hormone imbalances and chemical imbalances in your brain and it's not your fault. So I think understanding it as a brain illness helps you realize that you can actually do things about it. That's right. She said it's a sickness. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so, so, so important. It's not, you are not at fault. No, right. For it's sure. like it's like okay. Well, we're here now, but it's like it's fixable. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's good. So you you had concussions too, right? Yes, over ten. Yeah, you had a professional sport somewhere, and then you I got, used to show jump horses. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you you had ten concussions and you were out. Something like that. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I received a lot of them over time, and then when I started to get headaches. I actually didn't tell anyone because I was about 15. Wow. And I just lied because I was really competitive and I was winning a lot. And mm -hmm. it's incredible how addictive it is right. to win. And then it just started to catch up with me. And then when I had to take a break to like go back to school because I was 15, it's kind of when it all caught up with me. All of a sudden, I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't walk. I couldn't talk. I was having a lot of trouble functioning just as a normal person because the headaches were so severe. Wow. Yeah. It's interesting. Like, we, you, I listened to the episode, right? Mm -hmm. the, the, the guest said her eyes always hurt. Yeah. Or she felt that pressure in her head, right? Yeah. It's like, like does the impact of where you get your concussion from, side, left, front, 
it results directly into where you are physically uh, hurt? So the way it works is a lot of people, there's a few people that say, I hit my head, say on the right side and that side of my brain, like that's where I feel the pain, but it's really rare. Most people, it's kind of just an overall feeling of pain. And then the pain travels, like sometimes it's in the front of the head, sometimes it's pressure, sometimes it's more like needles. It just really depends. And the thing about brain injuries is no brain injury is the same. They're right. kind of like a snowflake. It's the same with depression. Where too, every right? single situation is so different, yeah. which is what's making it so hard to treat medical professionals. It's really hard to test and do research on things where every single situation is different. Mm. What is it? What are the differences? Like head size, brain size. So that's like the thing. Skull size. <laughs> it's actually not that simple. <laughs> it's more like if you'd think that it would just be like G-force, okay? And then, okay, you got hit at a certain G-force and you're going to deal with these symptoms for this amount of time. And if you do this therapy, you'll be mm. in the same spot as somebody else. But if you are female, you actually have a longer chance of having prolonged symptoms. Why is that? They are doing know. research. Okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Like by how much? Uh, hormones can be a big change of it because mm. uh, women have more hormonal imbalances than men often do. So okay. that can be one of the problems. And then the other thing is when you hit your head and say we both hit our head the same way, mm -hmm. your body can react differently. Your brain is not the same. Right. The amount of stretch within your brain could be different. The neurons that get damaged can be different. So there's so many different uh. factors that make the recovery really complicated and for some people it's a few weeks and then they're fine and other people it's years yeah 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 yeah. your guest said like 10 years she's in yeah and she's tried so many things yes that's crazy it is 10 years it's like the invisible and the other thing is it's invisible and there's so many people walking around that are dealing with it it's a lot like mental illness and we don't realize how many people are walking around with it because they don't always know too a lot right. of people that i talk to Oh, well, I played football all of high school and all of college. And then 10 years later, I started to notice that this is why I am this way. Mm. I just thought I had headaches. I just thought I couldn't read. I just thought like, you know, they start to, oh. it's very common with people where they're like, oh, my back hurts every day. Well, why does your back hurt every day? This isn't supposed to be like this, but we just rub mm. things off and then carry on. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm. Uh, yeah, football is terrible, right? <laughs> yep uh, especially for younger guys and girls too it does like, make me nervous yeah. they go all out and they sometimes they they screw themselves for life like with a knee injury or whatever yeah yeah or even the brain i guess yeah for sure and athletes it's a huge thing but it's a lot of my guests and a lot of people i talk to it's just regular daily life things that they get hurt you fall down the stairs you get in a car accident oh yeah the whips whiplash whiplash, whiplash. whiplash. yes yeah you had one I have, and whiplash is often where a lot of people go undiagnosed with concussions because they just, they didn't hit their head on anything, so they don't realize that this was a brain injury, and mm -hmm. it takes them a long time to start to get the right therapy and things like that. Right, because it happens that you, you get f moved by the force, and then you get moved back, but because it's so much 
power, your brain hits the skull. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a little bit of a it's like jello. Li- there's a bumper, right? Like there's some liquid in between. There but, is, but yeah. if you go sixty to zero in a few seconds, it's gonna make some smashed potatoes. It's gonna make a difference. Yeah. <laughs> mm, smashed potatoes. It's <laughs> one way to think about it. Yeah. It's it's amazing. Like the perception of we all different. I went to the supermarket when I was a child and, you know, sometimes they give you free food and there was a sausage stand, of course, in Germany. I got the sausage. My sister got the sausage. I was fine. My sister was throwing up nonstop, right? It's just like, and that application is the same thing for you get hit with a ball or you fall off a ladder and some people are fine and others are not. Absolutely. Yeah. And I remember when I was going through this, when I was an athlete, I used to get mad because Things like yeah. in the news and the tabloids was all these football players is what they were talking about 10 years ago. And it was them retiring after 40 concussions, 100 hits and mm-hmm. these crazy numbers they were releasing. And I was 16, 15, and I was so angry that I was already having all these problems that they were having. And I had a lot of trouble getting over that. I think just they had been having these problems. No one talked about it. Yeah. Did we, you, sorry, oh. did you consider yourself like weak? Like these people, they're like 35 at the end of their prime. And now they're retiring with all these problems. And here I am 16 and I have these problems. I wouldn't consider it was weak. It was more like anger at medical professionals at the time. Mm-hmm. And then I was really angry at myself. At I thought yourself, maybe I did yeah. something wrong. Did I not take a break when I was supposed to, which is 100% something I did, but neither did they. So it's what shows how you can push past. Like, could I still be show jumping horses right now? Yes. Would I be puking into a bucket at the end of the day? Likely. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because the movement and the impact of jumping off a fence just continued to create more problems for me. Yeah, it's forceful. Mm Mm-hmm. You are we more receptive to brain damage when we're younger? Because the bra- is the brain still developing? Yes. How long does the brain develop for? Like till twenty five. I just re- listened to this on explained the mind. There you go. Mm, yeah, fuck. Lucas did his research. Well, that's one of the big problems with uh, football in the states, where they're trying to 25. test out different things with young athletes, where. They don't wear helmets, so they don't use their head as a weapon to see if that helps or try to have them not run into each other so much. But I don't know. Depending on the sport, there is things where you're kind of deliberately putting yourself in a bad situation. Rocky, hockey. Yeah. Yeah, everything. But, everything. but it's hard when you're an athlete. You love it. You're competitive. Right. Like if someone told me that this was going to happen to me and I was going to spend seven years with a headache every day and 10 years of therapy... I would have told them to just get out of my face and I would have carried on anyways. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I was a swimmer. There was okay. no, you, unless you run and you hit your head. Or you hit the wall and miss yeah. when turning. Yeah. The water wasn't in there and you jumped in. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, there was no, like swimming is a good sport for low impact and then it trains the whole body too. Yeah. I actually did therapy in swimming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you still do, there's a lot of, like the brain is very complex and I don't understand it. But the, the, <laughs> I don't the, think w- anyone does. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> the, the balance though, like un- orientation, mm-hmm. really important too. Does that get lost like when you have a concussion? Yeah, so your eyes are really connected to the brain. A lot of people, I actually just 
recorded with a guest today who said mm. that your eyes are like a second brain and they're very connected and something that happens is a lot of the connections between the eyes and the brain get damaged in a concussion so people have issues with like eye tracking so for example if you track a finger back mm. and forth they have a lot more advanced technology for it than that now but when you do that a lot of time their eyes will flicker the wrong way or they can't track oh, it wow. and things like that so that makes reading difficult right or your vestibular system can get damaged what is which, that uh, which is within your inner ear so oh. it's your sense of balance that's a little bone that like it's like crystals they call it oh. uh so it's like your look balance that up, lucas. your like, vestibular oh, your picture your vestibular system yeah spell that lucas <laughs> there you go yeah. fuck you michael so <laughs> that you spelled it so it's part of your ear yeah so uh, what large. happens is these crystals, as they say, uh, get damaged. So then you lose your sense of your balance. So if you close your eyes, you'll fall over kind of thing. Right. Like if you are walking in a straight line, you might walk to the left. Where? You might track to the right because you're not actually realizing that your awareness of where you are in space is severely off. Yes. Where are those crystals? In the vestibular system, I couldn't tell you. Oh, I, they are like here somewhere? Yes. Oh, it's a part okay. of the vestibular system. They call it crystals. I'm sure it has a much more technological name. Yeah, somewhere in here. Yes. Because I heard when this is plucked, right? When you have an ear infection mm -hmm. or if this bone is disconnected, that's actually a bone, I think. Yeah. Yep. Then what happens? Your, your hearing goes? No, you are like, you don't, you lose. There's people who have their balance issues, okay, right? Yeah. Isn't that what it is? I had a coworker once. Well, so your vestibular system helps you know where you are in space. That's crazy. Yeah, which is crazy when you think about your ear. Like yeah, like just, why not the eyes? Yeah, and the eyes, it, it's a really big problem. It, it's something a lot of people don't touch on with their therapy until later. They start to realize that, oh, it's my eyes that are having an issue. Like they get headaches all the time, but they're not realizing that their eyes are causing the headaches from the things that they do every day. Like live on their cell phone <laughs> right watching a movie reading a book yeah um, scrolling through social media yeah 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 you had that guy on who was always on social media <laughs> <laughs> no it's hard nowadays right yeah. everything is screen if you think about it it is yeah and then if you don't do screen you do a book but that's even harder too it can be yeah yeah it's crazy what do you do if you don't if you can't do that I did audiobooks, so I listen to audiobooks now because reading is something I've done years of therapy for, but it's actually still sort of limited for me. What I do is I put a bookmark where I need to stop because, you know, when you start getting into a book, you just read and read and read. Mm -hmm. Well, it allows me to be like, okay, now you've hit your limit, so don't read to the uh, end of the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of thing to prevent from having a headache the next day. Like Apple does. Like you will just match your reading day. Yeah. Limit. Not so, limit, but like goal. Lucas, yeah. go ask away. My yeah. watch does that for activities. That's so amazing. if you read too much, you do get a headache? I what, do. what else happens? Is there anything else? That when I read? Yeah. Uh, headaches is definitely the biggest thing that happens when I read. When I am really tired, I get like eye fatigue a lot faster than most people. And I also spend a lot of time on a computer because of work. But things like the pages go blurry. Uh, huh. So if I stare at it for a long time, all the words kind of unfocus and it takes me a bit to get through that. And then years ago when my memory was really delayed and had a lot of issues, I could read the page, but I couldn't tell you what I read. Uh. And I couldn't tell you what happened in the book or 
anything like that, which was frustrating for me because I was a huge book nerd before this happened. Oh. So I could read the whole story until you start to finish where all of a sudden I couldn't read a page and tell you what I read. Interesting. That makes me feel like I need to go see a doctor. Because <laughs> <laughs> honestly, that I have the exact same problem. Like I'll read mm-hmm. and then after like two or three pages, I'll either get like super tired or I'll get a headache or like nine times out of ten, I can't even look at the page. Do you wear regular glasses? I don't wear glasses. Okay. I've gone to see an optometrist yes. and he said I have perfect 20-20 oh, okay. vision. So it's weird. So yeah, that would be the next step of Did seeing. Did you have a concussion? I've had several. So uh-huh. optometrist is a very Shit, general term. And <laughs> then there's actually specialists that deal with things more like eye issues and balance issues that don't just correct vision. Hmm. I had a good concussion. When I was in uh, JKSK, my, I was unattended in the gym. And you know they have those racks. And you we put a bench on it. And we I went up the bench. Nobody there. And then I fell down. And I was knocked out. I just smacked my head. Shit. Yeah. And then the they found me. I was unconscious. They called my mom. They put me in a room. Not stable position because if anybody has like unconscious and has a concussion, you're gonna throw up, right? It's one of the side you symptoms. Can, yeah. If you do, if you're not in that stable position where you, I don't know how it's called in English, but there's a certain position you learn that in first aid. You have to have the arm that way, and then you you put the the head like this. So when, in case you would throw up, it would come out. Yes, you don't choke on your own vomit. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah, because it does happen. And then they didn't do that. And then my mom came in and I was unattended in that room, not in a safe position. And she took me out of daycare or SKJK and said, no, that's it for me. Shit. Mm. Yeah. So that's my story. <laughs> I have a lot of stories. <laughs> uh, see, I used to box. I used to play football. Mm. Yeah. A lot of heavy impact on my face. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I actually, one of my incidents, it's one of my favorite ones to tell because it's the weirdest thing. So my parents, we used to be a part of this like ski snowboard school where you get taken out of school on Wednesdays for part of the day and we would go to the ski hill and we were at lock that day and it was reading week. So the hill was busy. We're usually on a Wednesday afternoon. The hill's pretty quiet and We used to play games after lessons and one of the games was racing down two hills that would connect and then seeing who would get there first. Mm-hmm. Well, we decided to meet in front of a jump <laughs> and I sat in front of the jump and I had to be like six or seven years old and somebody flew over the jump and landed on top of me and then we rolled down the hill and I didn't realize I had a head injury at that time at all. I was really little. I was really concerned about my knee. And I was limping and I remember telling my mom all about my knee. And at the time I was a dancer and I went to dance that night and my dance teacher called my mom and said, hey, there's something wrong with Bella. I think she's a really a little off. Like I know she got hit, but there's something wrong. She's kind of acting weird. And that's when we realized that I had a concussion. Yeah, because it takes time to show up. Sometimes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. How long? What's the average timeline of a concussion like for showing up symptoms wise? I think it really depends on you, the impact, and there's so many factors. Google, right? They know it all. Yeah. You should be able to know right away, though. Yeah. Uh, 
In most people, symptoms occur within the first seven to 10 days and go away within three months. Sometimes they can persist for a year or more. Yeah, that or more part is the part that people that's, aren't realizing. That's crazy though. Yeah, because I've suffered from quite a few, but a lot of people I talk to, they've had one mm. and it's been years. And I think that's really frustrating for people. Yeah, is that because, you know, I don't know how to say this and I don't I don't mean no disrespect but I'm just openly minded asking this question like you know placebo effect when you read into something and you think you have something and then you think you have it or uh, is it you is that a thing too like just hypothetically that's a hypochondriac yeah yeah where people think they have everything yeah. yes that is a hypochondriac but I think more with the brain injuries there is problems where people could probably have a little less symptoms mm. But it's really hard because you can create symptoms with your mind, right? Because it's all in your head. So right. if you start getting stressed out about having symptoms come on, well, you might end up with more symptoms. For example, I had one guest who started tracking all her symptoms. Mm. And when she was tracking, she had more symptoms because she started to think about all these things. And she's like, well, all of a sudden she's like, I probably had these every day. But now that I was thinking about it, they seemed a lot more real. Yes. So the power of the mind is like, a really big thing of course with it but if you do things like eye therapy and eye tracking where they diagnose how you're doing it's very obvious that most people okay. are really struggling yeah i believe that i mm -hmm. believe that i just wanted to throw that in yeah there. for sure because you know it's just sometimes it's crazy out there yes the placebo effect is a thing and honestly if it works taking a sugar pill every day and it makes you feel better i don't think there's anything wrong with that mm-hmm yeah, you do. You track your sugar intake too, right? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It helps with, I have night terrors. And so Those are helps. crazy. Yeah. Do you remember anything? Yes, which is the you problem. Do? Oh, I do? Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh. Some of them. I have a, I, one of our sons, he has night terrors sometimes. Yeah, so I remember and then you don't. <sighs> it's well, crazy. So the problem with when kids have night terrors is they wake up and you have to explain to them that it's not real but sometimes it's hard when you're a kid to understand that yeah they don't like they can, can't separate it right i can tell you as a parent from my perception and i don't know what's going on in his mind but i he comes down very scared heart rate through the roof mm -hmm. uh flashing movements he's not there yeah it's like, like they're half asleep there's it's like possessed i would say like <laughs> Well, it's, it's funny because my niece used to have them and she would wake up and scream for her mom and her mom would be holding her. Mm -hmm. It's because they're not really awake. Yeah, he sees things. I have him in my hands and he moves when I move. I think he doesn't even see me who it's I It's like am. they're half asleep. I would think he sees me as a monster. Do you know what I mean? Like he doesn't see me <laughs> because well, cause they're still half. I'm trying to describe well, it's it because no, they're not I, awake. Yeah, I only laugh because my friend, uh, like one of my best friends growing up, he had night terrors. But it's hilarious because actually it's not night terrors. It's the one where you're like. Oh, sleepwalking. No, not sleepwalking, oh, but you're kind of like too. catatonic and like you can't move and you're like in a state of sleep. But you Oh, can, like, that's a lot you're, different. You're kind of aware of everything going on and he would see me and be absolutely terrified. <laughs> That's why. why I was laughing. Wow. Yeah. So my sugar levels is something that I learned I can control and then prevent the night terror. So if you have something, say you have sugar like right before bed, 
well, that makes your level spike. Mm, the but, glucose. Yeah, your right? glucose yeah. spike. So then when you go to sleep, it's going to drop and it's going to overly drop because it's going to overcorrect. And some people overcorrect too much. Like for me, my body overcorrects too much. So then it goes really low. Because you re release too much insulin? Because I, yeah, for yeah. the sugar. And yeah. then it rebalances. But when it's recorrecting, my body tries to wake me up. And that's what causes the night terror. Uh, yeah. The doctor said for us, because we didn't know what it was, right? We asked about it. And he's like, yeah, that sounds like night terrors. I've never heard about this. Yeah. And then he said, it's like when the kids are really stressed out or they don't get enough sleep. Yeah, there That's can be like, things, but some people, like, I just get them. There's nothing else that I've learned that caused them other than the sugar is what I've been able to prevent okay. them from occurring. I love that, that, you know, I can talk to you about that because, like, I never, I, I my brother, sorry, bro, he had um, sleepwalking. Okay, yeah. Right? We were all downstairs, and then suddenly you hear, And he would just keep walking into a wall, mm. right? Wow. You go and check on him and he's just walking into a wall nonstop. And, and you can't like, wake him up. He, like, well, well we got him then. I don't know the research about that, but they say there's like things about waking them up, like night terrors. They say like you have to be careful kind of when you do it. You don't want to just like spook them, right? You can't. They, you cannot, like nothing gets them out of it. Like, with kids it's really hard yeah i did it's just you you take him and you hug him and you tell him that everything's okay and you just wait and you wait it's like a, yeah that's mm. what it is i guess cold plunging is out of the question too uh yes <laughs> you and then you know that you don't know when he's back either you just ask sometimes and then when he responds you know he's there mm -hmm. there's but there's no difference in appearance wise yeah it's absolutely crazy. And it's kind of like terrifying as a parent. <laughs> yeah. 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 Especially if it's like for the first couple of times. Mm -hmm. Now it's like. You know how to handle it. Yeah. Every couple like, I don't know, the last one was like four months ago or something. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like we have this rule when we do, when we have a podcast and these are calls, then I know something's going on. Right. And then I would like, okay, thank you very much. It's, this is it. Yeah. Got to cut it off. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to have that, right? Yeah. Because it's like, you need help sometimes. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Wow. So how is that for you? So like night terrors, you say you remember. Okay. So I remember parts of them. Like it's not that clear, but my problem is I remember, but when I'm, well, there's a benefit and a problem. One benefit is I'm an adult. So when I wake up, I know it's not real. Mm. I'm in bed. I'm home. I'm safe. I'm fine. The only thing is sometimes if you go right back to sleep after them, they restart. Uh. So it's like, well, do I want to go back to sleep and relive that? Or do I want to just stay awake for a bit, calm my brain, and then hopefully it won't be still going kind of thing? Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can I? You don't have to answer, but like, what is it? Like, what? where are you stuck then? Like, is it like a horror scene? Uh, mine are usually really weird things, but very vivid and real things. Like things in my life are usually attached to them a little bit, but very extreme things yeah. in my life. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. I would like, I would like just imagine like if I would have a night terror, I'm like somewhere and I'm getting butchered or something. Like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, well, it's interesting what wakes you up. Usually it's like a fall or something traumatic. People but, have those dreams. And that's what wakes you up. You still have those dreams where you fall? Uh, I've had a few, but usually it's like something really traumatic. And then I'm like, whoa, mm. 
Oh, okay. I'm like still in bed. It happens too when you fall asleep too, though. Sometimes you just like you twitch. Well, that's you your body blood. trying to like wake you up, right? Is it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I had that last night. I was just almost asleep and then my whole body was just... Yeah, well, because your heart rate's getting so low and uh, things like that, right? So sometimes your body doesn't <laughs> react properly. Oh, it's like it revives me? <laughs> Essentially, that's what it is. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. You're breathing too well, Mike. Your heart rate's <laughs> going down too low. Yeah. yeah. Well, I find the shorter I sleep, the less the heart rate goes down anyways. Like under... If I sleep under six hours, I only get down to 45, 46. If I sleep seven, then we get under 40. But that's about it. That's still a really low heart rate. It's nice. Yeah. Right? Because there's this, there's this thesis out there where the heart and everybody's heart is only meant to beat this many times. And people say that's why I don't work out. Right? Some people say that. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. You don't know. But okay. you run, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So my, like, my, I'm fucked. My mom is a runner, <laughs> so she's scared too. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like my heart rate, like, like I try to run around 150, 160, 170. But it's like some people believe that you use up your heart faster if you work out. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true either. I think working out is healthy. But mm -hmm. That's just me. Yeah. What was Google saying? I think cardiovascular health uh, is important. Yeah. So Google is saying your heart beats around or about 100,000 times in one day and about 35 million times in a year. During an average lifetime, the human heart will beat more than 2.5 billion times. That's crazy. Wow. Give a tennis ball a good heart squeeze. You're using about the same amount of force your heart uses to pump blood out of the body. Oh, cool. Wow. I didn't know that. Wow. All the facts tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, we lay them on thick. Yeah. Google is <laughs> your best friend. Seas. Yeah, you don't do that on your show? Like fact check? I usually have medical professionals, so yeah. <laughs> I just let them. You don't them. have to, like. No, they're no. researchers. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what handy. they do for a living. Yeah, they have knowledge we couldn't even look up, right? Yeah, well, that's the other thing. To research and look up a lot of it, I have to be reading scholarly articles <laughs> during my show. <laughs> I don't think that would work. Nobody will understand this. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to pause for a minute. I need to read 30 pages <laughs> to see if you're right. Yeah. And then the peer reviews after that. Well, yeah. And the other thing about it is it's really contradicting because everything about concussion recovery, a lot of it is contradicting. Like they used to tell, you, to tell you to go into a dark room and stay there. And now they learn that that's really bad. But 10 years ago, that was the recommendation. And even five years, years ago. Wow. Yeah. So it's changing really, really fast. Like every year, all the research at, I go to, concussion conferences and brain injury conferences like in toronto i went to one in indianapolis oh wow i was a i listened to another one the other day that was a concussion sport canada one mm -hmm. and i go to the medical ones as well just to learn for myself yeah and to be able to help people and the research is always so different every year because wow. it's just progressing so fast but at the same time so slow because they don't really know that much but there's a lot of things are being invested into. Yes, right? for sure. It's like it's waking up. Yeah, which is really good that they're doing a lot. But there's a lot of issues with the testing. Like a lot of it, because we can't measure a lot of it. Like if you have, say you have 20 people that got a brain injury. Well, how are you going to have them all have the exact same brain injury? 
that's impossible because you're not mm. just going to go hit people in the head. Right. <laughs> yeah. So then you start. Can you simulate it? So you start therapy. They do some things like that, but you start therapy with all these people and then you're going off what they tell you. Okay, well, that's very opinionated research. Perception. So yeah. it's very difficult for them to have like quantitative data for a lot of it. So the research is slow. What about AI? I don't know. Is that a thing? Not so much in the brain injury world yet, at least. Mm, but it's in recovery, right? They use it for like research on impacts and things like that. Because like they can set parameters and then see how someone got hurt. But mm -hmm. to actually see how recovery is going, it's a lot more difficult. Can you scan the brain and say, okay, this is 100% working. And then like after a concussion, you see, oh, well, shit, that's only 85%. Is that possible? Or is no. that like unrealistic? It's it's not possible right okay. now. There's different types of things like an MRI and a CT, a concussion does not appear on. Oh. So that's one of the biggest problems. Like, Why is that? Because it's at a molecular level. It's not like a CT shows like blood essentially, right? Like larger things like that. Mm -hmm. But at a molecular level, they don't show anything. So there's something called a functional MRI, which they're doing where you are getting an MRI in your like being active with things yeah, and then they can kind of get readings and see how your brain is performing. Have you done an MIR? I have. Yeah. Yeah. This, this, I just want multiple. <laughs> have you, did they use the same kind of injection? Like they use this. Yeah. I've had that. Like they use this big syringe, right? That's a lot of liquid they pump into you. Right. Is that the word? I saw it. I don't. We Remember had to get it done the for our giant son. syringe. I might have probably not watched them pump things into me. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure I just go, okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's more yeah. like that. Because you have to sign all the waivers. Yes. If you're allergic to it. Yes. Yeah. And then they say, okay, whatever. And things like metal, like piercings mm -hmm. and all that. In an MRI, at least, because it's a giant magnet. So you have to yeah. be careful. It's a donut. <laughs> I like to call those donuts. It is. And when you go inside them, it's some of them are like loud. It's like a, it's like you feel like you're in a washing machine. And I used to like close my eyes and pretend I was like playing a video game and I'd use the sounds <laughs> to the video game because sometimes you're in there for a really long time. Yeah. But they are radioactive too, right? Well, when you're a kid, no, an MRI is not. Lucas, look that up. Because there is some a kind. CT is. Oh, okay. CT? Yes. Okay. You didn't get one? I've had both. Yeah. 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 Because we got, we had, were, we had to make a call for our kid to get a. CT? Yeah. Yeah, and a CT does have radio. Yeah, and it's like, it's not... It's like a very big x-ray machine. And you don't want to really do that with small kids because, you know... Because it's like a thousand... It's like million... I don't know what it is, but it, it's but, an insane amount of x-rays yeah, at there's once. A, there's a huge risk to it. So they did... Um, they But however, here in Thunder Bay, they do a reduced one for kids only. Okay. So it's a little bit more reduced. Mm -hmm. So that's where it's I... It's just not as clear of an image, probably. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. It's 200 times higher. Yeah. So, I knew it was crazy, like some crazy number of an x-ray. Oh, So uh, Google saying, because they spin around the body taking multiple images, CT scans can deliver radiation doses that are up to 200 times higher than your average chest x-ray. About 7 million CT scans are done on U.S. kids each year. And that number is rising about 10% per year. Yeah, it's harmful, but at the same time, if it's diagnostic and can save you, then it's beneficial. If it's, it's a life-death situation, you got to do what you got to do. Yep. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was the appendix. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, there was no way they could find it through the, uh, not ultrasound or... Yeah, they would have done an ultrasound. At first, yeah, and then the x-ray, and then, like, that's it. 
how easy to detect how easy is it to detect an old tbi oh how difficult he says brian yes so a tbi is a traumatic brain injury and concussions we called mtbi is a mild traumatic brain injury except for there's nothing mild about them and so detecting an old tbi is extremely difficult <laughs> a lot of the time you can use our knowledge today to reference an old injury like 30 years ago we wouldn't have said football players got a concussion or not very many there's a few professionals and medical doctors saying this is a thing but most of the world didn't believe in them and so you can go off information like that but can you 100% guarantee no but if you were in a car accident and you flew through a windshield you probably did receive a brain injury things like that like you can go off based the information that occurred but you can't there's no detection for it anymore. There's no way where they can like, scan a brain. Oh, There's okay. a SCAT, S-C-A-T scan. Mm. And that shows where your brain can be damaged in certain spots. Like they scars? use that in, They use that in the military. Oh, uh, okay. Mm -hmm. Is it like a scar thing? S. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. He found it. But like, like, that's a, like we when we cut ourselves, our skin gets a scar sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. Does the brain get scars? So it does. But like I said, a lot of them... So, you know what CTE is? No. Okay, Google CTE so you can like, explain yeah. it. So CTE is what Will Smith's uh, movie Concussion is on. Ah. With uh, Dr. Ben Amalu. He's famous. He's the one who discovered it and then named it. Okay. So CTE is chronic encephalopathy. Encephalopathy? Yeah, that's mm. it. And oh, wow. So that is when people's brains are degenerating it's a lot like alzheimer's oh it's like bse so it is what's causing like when you talk about famous football players who rage out and are all of a sudden alcoholics and can't handle things mentally and it's because their brain is degenerating oh. but the only way that we can diagnose cte at this time is after death no way so there is no how come like obviously because they have to look at the brain itself and they can only do that when they slice it apart and they put it under a microscope what do they look for uh they look for tau protein which is little protein in your brain they can't trace that through the blood and not at this moment there is no way to find tau protein other than after death that's crazy yeah wow okay yeah so that is how we guarantee that people have cte now, there's a lot of fears about CTE. People think they have CTE after one concussion, which is extremely unlikely. And our knowledge on CTE is minimal because we can only test after death. So a lot of people are donating their brains, mostly mm. athletes and military vets and things like that. Yeah, soccer players? Yeah. All, they do headers, Yes, absolutely. Eh? Yeah. Those are high impacts. Yeah, yeah those balls soccer, are hard. Soccer, gymnasts, <laughs> so many athletes. Uh, suffer from a significant amount of impacts and another thing is subconcussive impacts so you're not receiving a concussion each time but you're hitting your head enough each time that all of those blows together are creating the same problems as a few big blows okay so that is another thing that they're researching right now but the way cte works is that we don't know enough about it number one number two it scares people Okay. Because it's like early onset Alzheimer's, things yeah. like that. That it, it reminds causes. me of that beef uh, sickness, BSE. You know, the uh, brain. It had, they have it in the deers now too in northern Ontario. Okay. Uh, uh, maybe it's a German thing. Mm. Brain. Bovine. 
Grovine, spongiform, encephalop. Encephalop? Yeah. I can't say it now because we've been thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I say that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. It's math cow disease. Yeah, so it's a neurological disorder. So CTE is something where you start to lose your control, mm-hmm. uh, lack of control of emotions. So that is something that I dealt with myself, anger issues. Yeah, you said you cry health- randomly yeah. sometimes. Randomly, yeah. yeah. And mental health issues are really big with it. And then rage is a big problem in the memory issues. So it's all That's the concussion crazy. symptoms just escalated to an extreme point. And so a lot of people get scared. They think they have CTE, but a lot of people don't have it. And mm. then a lot of people do. So it's kind of like a, yeah. it's hard when you can't diagnose it. Like people are like, oh, well tell me if I have it so I can prepare myself, but we can't tell you because there's nothing to prove it until after you've passed yeah. away. Yeah, let me go die real quick. Yeah, and then you can tell me. <laughs> well, it's hard because you want to know and see like maybe I could be proactive about this or maybe I could prepare my family for what's going to happen when I start to change. But yeah, that's really hard to do when we can't diagnose it at this time. That's crazy. Yeah. Brian has a follow up question. What about exposure to overpressure? I guess diving would be one, right? Would yeah. that be? I don't know a ton about that. I do know that. Or maybe explosions? Is yes, explosions? so that is another form of brain injury. Like I said, concussions occur in a lot of places that we don't realize, like the car accident that you didn't hit your head because of whiplash, things like that. Or blasts is actually a really common thing, especially for military vets, that they're not realizing that they're being impacted, but they are. Mm, like So it's... Because it's a, it's a force to the body. It doesn't always have to be directly to your head. Okay. Yeah. So it throws you away. Mm-hmm. And then would you be injured already just because of the um, the force or because of the impact? The force? It doesn't always have to be a direct impact like anywhere. Wow. So you would get a double, right? You so get you first the force and then you get impact. And then your brain moves. Yeah. Yeah. Your brain, it's like jello. Wow. So technically, you could get a concussion at like a concert if you're standing beside a speaker. I think it has to be a lot more force than that. Well, like, let's say you're at Wake the Giant, for example, and you're right beside the speaker and they have it cranked and you you move when a note is struck. Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. I think the G-force has to be pretty, like, look up the G-force required for a concussion. Oh, Brian said something else. I just wanted to know, make sure that he got his answer. Bomb yes. blast. So yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Again, because I don't, I didn't understand it completely. I wanted to know the the the, the fine answer. So this is somebody. Yep. They go something off. Yep. The, the and the, they get the blown away by the Lucas. Can you switch to me? They get blown away from the. Uh, force. The blast, yeah, that can right. cause a concussion. And then they would hit it, and that's another concussion. It wouldn't be considered another concussion. It would just be one, one impact. Okay. That's but, crazy. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's a big problem. Yeah, so 20 yep. miles per hour. So, it's yeah, so <laughs> a concussion occurs at roughly 90 to 100 G-force, which equates to smashing your skull against a wall at 20 miles per hour. Mm, that's like what, how, how many, how many, how many, how many, how many kilometers per hour is that? Uh, f- just under 40. That's nothing. Right. That's yeah. like neutral. It's not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> neutral. Yeah. <laughs> just neutral. Tap. Yeah. That's like 40. 
32. That's 32. That's like not even school zone. Okay, but you have to hit your head still. Okay. How fast do you have to drive to hit your head by that force? So? I don't know. Probably 32 kilometers No, I don't think so. I don't know. I don't focus <clears throat> a lot on the impact. It's more like the... I focus on the post-concussion issues. So mm. like mental health, dizziness, life changes, career... Those are the things that I focus on. So for the actual impact stuff, it's not really my area at all. Yeah. Brian says, close proximity to explosive detonation and thank you. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So like military vets are having a huge problem with concussions and things like that because they didn't get hit directly in the head, but things like blasts or all these mm. things that they've survived have caused mild traumatic brain injuries and they're adding that to ptsd that they already have so it mm -hmm. creates a lot of issues yeah is that when the ear bleeds why would the ear bleed ptsd oh no when they that's a brain injury yeah oh okay because sometimes they show that in the movies or right? a blown eardrum yeah as because well like sound yeah and then it's like really in the movies yeah, <laughs> yeah. right great reference but how realistic is that though i don't know <laughs> i guess so it must happen I don't know. I've never, I've never come across that. But it's just like, the, it's so interesting to see a concussion can be caused by so many things, yeah. And then it relates to everything to your body. It does. Well, your brain controls and your mind. Well, it, your brain controls everything, right? And it controls the way you think, you the way you walk, the way you talk. So when that is damaged, everything else goes along with it. And one of the biggest problems with concussions is. A lot of time they go undiagnosed. And then if they are diagnosed, therapies aren't that successful at this time. So it's great to do it and it helps lots of people, but there's the few people that it doesn't help. Mm. And it's very costly because these things aren't covered by regular health care, especially in the US. Mm. Why is that? Because it's considered special treatment. Mm. Like not approved? Yeah, it's not approved. Uh, the US doesn't have free health care. Right. And then even in Canada, it's not considered general health care so it's not on your oh, insurance because they do those needles now you can claim that right so it's when you get acupuncture oh acupuncture is covered now yeah, yeah. so a lot of things aren't covered for concussion recovery because it's a lot of it's experimental it's and crazy. so things like that cause problems so then a lot of people go into things like drinking and drugs as alternative measures to help with their problems because they're not finding help elsewhere or they can't afford help. So then you have another route. You have all these lifestyle changes. You can't control your anger. You're emotional. You have headaches all the time. And now you're drinking. And now you're using drugs. So now you're losing things like relationships with your family and things. So it really is kind of a huge problem. And it's a lot bigger than people realize. Because it's a whole it's a whole problem as a lifestyle. More than just an injury. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm. What's the percentage of people like one out of 10 or out of 10 people? How many people? Does everybody have a concussion during mm. their lifetime? No, I don't think so. Is that like, is there, there's a study out there? They do say that they're significantly underreported. Yeah. Because not everyone goes to the ICU to say, mm. or the, the ER to say that they have a concussion. Lucas? Yeah. So according to Google, 
according to the CDC estimates, 1.6 to 3.8 M sports and recreational related activity concussions occur each year. Oh, 1.6 to 3.8 million uh, sports and recreation related concussions occur each year in the U.S. 10% of all contact sport athletes sustain concussions yearly. Brain injuries cause more deaths than any other sports injury. In football, brain injuries account for 65 to 95% of all fatalities. Well, and a brain injured person is six times more likely to commit suicide. Wow. Shit. Uh, also, going back to bleeding from the ears, uh, if you fall or hit your head, it can cause a brain injury that leads to uh, bleeding from your ears. If you notice blood coming from your ears after an accident that involves your head trauma, seek medical attention right away as it may be a sign of bleeding around the brain. Hmm. Mm. There you go. Yeah, and sometimes they have to cut it open, right? To leave, release the pressure because the brain swall- it swells. Swells. Do you know what that's called? Uh, Trip panning. Good job, Michael. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Lucas does all this research. It's funny because when I was having all my headaches, it always felt like my brain was exploding, like there wasn't enough room because it's inflammation in your brain. And so I always used to tell my parents to cut my brain, yes. cut my skull open, like drill holes, let the pressure out. Obviously, that's not how it works for just a regular headache, but yeah. that's how it felt when they I was They remove the whole plate, right? They like, can, depending like on how big it is. Yeah. Wow. So that's like, you know, when it's like a bruise. Yeah, your brain can be bruised for sure. Mm. And then the blood cells go away after a while, just like your blue spot on the elbow when you hit it. Yeah, I think your body, like your body heals itself, right? And your brain heals itself as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. They definitely uh, got more sophisticated over time. Yeah, they were just hammering people in the skull. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad I wasn't alive around that time. Very true. Does it have to do with the plates too? Like how the plates healed when you were born? How like how you, you know, because the every is that true or not? But every plates, like because the the kid has an open hole, right? Yes. And for then, their brain to grow. Yeah, but the plates all are in, because we are all individuals. They must be all grown individually, like are they, or are the patterns always the same for the plates to be combined? I don't know the answer to that. Mm. <laughs> because I, that would be like really like, because in physics, like certain shapes would have more more stable conditions than others mm-hmm. or maybe it maybe diet wasn't there and then the bone density wasn't as thick right well there's so many factors to a lot of that yeah. right because like we've talked about before every person is different so there's so many factors mm. yeah i get it. we should focus on something else so what uh, brian says what i've read is that the pressure wave from the blast damages the brain with the overpressure mm. okay so th- See, that's like the first damage, and then you would double damage it if you fall again. Yeah. Yeah. Because the pressure, it changes. That's like when you go into an airplane, up and down, you can feel it. Yeah, the air pressure. Pop your ears, but Mm -hmm. of course, totally different over there. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Or when you're... uh, uh, I don't want to, I don't know how to say this without bringing math into the equation, but like when you're, 
have two like sine waves so like things that go uh if you add them together obviously like the peaks jump up so i i feel like that's kind of similar in terms of like the science behind it mm. yeah i couldn't tell you it's yeah. like i said my all of my information is post concussion mm-hmm. pre-concussion cool. and concussion occurrences i couldn't tell you that yeah. much about yeah. it also uh sorry for cutting you off uh i'm not a doctor just so everybody knows <laughs> no neither am i i actually do not provide any medical advice at all Okay, should I say that too? I'm, I'm not. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> but I've been calling you Doctor Westerman all this time. You know what? People sometimes think I'm a doctor. Do it's, it's the accent. People like I stopped somewhere and I went to the shop and then I had like random encounters and more than once and they said, "Hey, are you a doctor?" I said, "No, I'm not a doctor." Oh, I have people. Like, what do they tell you? So I get a lot. <laughs> it's insane, actually, the amount of people that reach out for help. So I help with lifestyle changes and career changes and after sport and then students in school. So I help with all those types of things with people one-on-one, but I don't help with like what vitamins to take, what supplements you should be using, what you should be eating. Cause those are all medical professionals with people who have done research for those types of things and have educated backgrounds on them. And I just tell people kind of where to go. So I help people a lot with that. Like I found somebody, a doctor, the other day in Colorado to help mm. them okay. because I have so many connections now across the world with professionals in the area. Right. So now I am able to connect other people to these professionals. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. So you started your own podcast yeah. and you know, you, you, you bring people on and you talk about it. You, it's not like breaking the ice, but you're putting out the information and people sharing it Yeah. for some. It's the first time mm-hmm. for some, it's not. And you, you as a host, you, you want, you know, what I love is that you experience it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You can actually, you know, you, you've been there, you are there, mm-hmm. you, you are still, are you still in recovery? I wouldn't say I'm a hundred percent. I don't know if a hundred percent exists in my world, mm. but definitely a lot better than it used to be. Okay. How, how did you get there? So, no, I always kind of contribute part of it to time because I do believe that time helps because I do believe that the brain regenerates and your body regenerates and that's how a lot of that works. Mm. And then also a lot of different therapies, like 10 years of different therapies. Okay. What did you try? What did, what was the one thing that worked really well for you? Uh, actually my favorite thing that gave instant relief was something called craniosacral massage, which is my favorite. It is, it just, it gave instant relief. I wouldn't say it helped long term, but it was something that if I had a headache that day, I could not have a headache for the rest of the day after it got done. Mm. Things like that. But I tried acupuncture as my family and I call them witch doctors, uh, eye therapy, uh, laser therapy, hyperbaric chambers, pretty much everything that they could throw me in. Mm. I did physical therapies, therapy in water I did. Did you float? I have floated a heart rate therapy where you are connected to a heart rate monitor when you're active. And then when you reach a certain threshold, you stop Mm -hmm. and then you learn how to increase that threshold up more and more to help reduce having symptoms when you hit that heart rate. Mm -hmm. So things like that. So I've tried pretty much everything across the board. (laughs) Why do, why do you get more symptoms when you hit that heart rate? Because you're 
uh, blood rate is increasing. So inflammation is a really big thing in the brain. Wouldn't it be the other way? Like it heals it more because the blood gets more to this location. Yeah, but there's more pressure. But there's more. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, you're pumping. Yeah, no, no, not stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to, I want to understand. That's the thing about concussions is most people don't know anything about it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so I did a lot of therapies like that. And then also I did the, I call it the merry-go-round of medications where they put you on the merry-go-round for three months and then you get off. Try a different medication, put you back on. Okay. Take it for three months, get off, that types of thing. I worked with a dietitian, a nutritionist, right? All that types of things. So the brain gets bigger when you work out. Is that a thing? Like a muscle? If you like, does the brain get a pump? I don't know. It's like because like you know the heart rate. You because therapy. Of, yeah, obviously you get more heart, the more blood to the brain. But like if you work your muscles you get your muscles temporarily are bigger right your bicep you're gonna look more in shape when you work out, out right and then it goes back down because you have more blood it's called the pump mm. but do you does the brain does does the brain do that i don't believe so because the brain is not necessarily yeah. a muscle ah. so the brain isn't gonna get engorged with blood it's the brain so it's just like the volume of the blood that gets your blood is pumping more brain. right yes yeah so okay. your symptoms can increase and things like dizziness that people get or head rushes and head pain like all these symptoms are things that you're already dealing with and then when your heart rate starts going to a certain level then a lot mm. of the time these symptoms exasperate okay yeah wow but yeah so i did a lot of different therapies and those things helped. And then the last thing that helped was actually mental health therapy. Yeah. Mm. How did you, how was that for you? Was that easy? No. <laughs> mm. So I actually got put into mental health therapy because I attempted suicide. Oh no. So I got put in mandatory okay. <laughs> therapy. Yeah. I didn't have an option. It was that or stay in the inpatient, like treatment center kind of thing. Right. And so it wow. did save my life in one way because it helped me deal with, I wasn't getting the headaches as severe and things like that, but I still hadn't gotten over a lot of the life changes that had occurred, like being a competitive athlete. Right. It's your life. It was my life. Yeah. And I had sponsors and parents and coaches that were also like, this is the only way you're going to go. This is all you're doing with the rest of your life. And all of a sudden that wasn't happening. Mm. And then things like not being able to read a book or not being able to be as physical as I wanted with a lot of things or the head pain just in general was a lot to accept and get over because when it is very severe, I used to lash out a lot. I used to not be able to control my emotions or my thoughts, couldn't think properly. And then memory was a big issue. So all these things kind of just spiral in your brain and then it gets hard to get over it. Like mm -hmm. I would tell myself, well, why are you living with this much pain when it was so severe? So what therapy allowed me to do was to calm down the thoughts and then so even if the thoughts occur, I can get them to stop within a few minutes instead of hours or days or just letting them spiral to the point where you're no longer really controlling your actions and your brain's taking over. Mm -hmm. So therapy really helped me with that. And it was something I really needed to do, but I was so against it because my family, I'm really close with them. I have a lot of, I'm one of five siblings. <laughs> like We're all really close. We talk all the time. I have two great parents great support group of friends. So I never understood why I should go to therapy because I was like, well, I can just vent to them. Why would I go vent to somebody I don't know? Mm -hmm. And then I learned that therapy wasn't about venting. It was about getting tools that I needed to 
help with all of the thoughts that I couldn't control. Very good. Mm-hmm. What would you tell some individual who thinks like, oh, I'm going to, I, I don't want to see a shrimp. <laughs> yeah. Right. So there's well, this like, there's this perception that, you know, some, let's just throw this out there. It so, is. Some people think, oh yeah, they, they get paid a lot of money for what they do. And it's like, I can, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah. like, how do you convince people to like realize the potential? Yeah. Well, my story is one way. <laughs> Telling you that I went from being very suicidal, attempting suicide to wanting to live is a big thing to tell people. And then the other thing is just they can help you with things that you don't realize you can get help with. I think a lot of the time is you don't think you think these thoughts are just you. You think you can't get over them where they can help you with tools and give you tools to use them. But the thing about therapy is it's like a trial and error process is you're not going to like every therapist you go to like. Throughout those years before I hit the mandatory therapy sessions, I had seen multiple therapists once or twice. Mm-hmm. I remember once I went in with my mom and she was sitting there. And after we walked out, she's like, you're never going to go again, are you? I was like, well, how'd you know that? She's like, well, you didn't like what they said. They didn't say it the right way. Like something went off in my brain. And I said, no, I don't like them. So it is a trial and error process. So you have to click with them because you're sharing a lot more than just your physical health with them. You're sharing everything. Right. So you want to click with them and their techniques have to work for what you need. Like PTSD therapy is a thing. Brain injury therapy is a thing. Postpartum depression is a thing. Like there's therapists that specialize okay, so in different areas yeah. that can help you more directed to what you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And that's all combined in mental health anyways. Yes, yeah. it is. Wow. I love talking about mental health because we don't, we, we don't talk about it enough. Yeah, I think. And there's not enough resources out there. That's what a lot of people say. Mm-hmm. I've heard from not friends, but like through community that pretty much you have to like, you have to pull a trigger or like close to pull a trigger to get help. I don't know if that's accurate. It's not entirely accurate, but there's wait lists. Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure Thunder Bay, all the therapists in town have wait lists. That's an issue. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't have wait lists. Like how long? A few months. Yeah. That's a long time when you need it tomorrow. Help now. But there's also or yesterday. Like the power of the internet is there is tons of apps that are free, websites that are free that you can just log in and talk to a therapist for free. So there is alternatives to it, but if you don't really know that those are out there or how to find those, mm. then that's an issue. It's like the concussion world is the same as the mental health world. There's really big gaps in what we need in society to help people. And it's just working on filling them. Okay. Wow. And you, you doing your part, right? Yeah. Yeah. You bringing it all along. Yeah. And you helping people. Working on it. And then you do also, you do courses too, right? Uh, Beside the podcast? I do one-on-ones with people. Yeah. 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 Yeah, That's like, that's like, how would you call that? Like one-on-one? Oh, like consulting, like life Mm -hmm. coaching, helping more directed to people who have had brain injuries, but yeah. Yeah. And I find that it's so good because you went through all that. Mm-hmm. I think there's only one way to understand it. And it's the only thing because if you had it, you had it or you have it, you have it. Absolutely. Yeah. See, I could not do it because like I might have had a concussion here and there, but like maybe I got lucky. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and th- lots of people do just because you get a concussion doesn't mean you're living with lifelong problems at all. Lots of people feel great within a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
Yeah, they say rest a week. Isn't that what it is? Like bad rest for a week and then come back? Yeah, so that's actually wrong. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> New research shows that the sooner you, like 48 hours of rest, depending, see there's contradicting research. Some say right away, some say 48 hours, some say a week. But there is research that the sooner you start into things like eye therapy, physical therapy, and things like that, the less of a chance that you are going to deal with prolonged effects of your concussion. Mm. Why is that? Because you're he working on healing your brain right away. You're not waiting. You're not letting things get worse. Yeah. They tell that people when they get an artificial hip, right? They want, now you're going to walk because they don't want to get that blood uh, cloth. Mm. So is that the same kind of deal? Uh, it'd be the same theory, but not the same science. Right. Yeah. Wow. When did that change? The last three years. That's crazy. Or three to five years, the research came out, but a lot more in the last two. Which country is leading the research on brain? I don't know. Like concussion Probably wise. the U.S. because of sports. Okay. But I couldn't be certain. Like, are there actually like... Is it all mostly private or is this like government? Uh, it's usually universities. Universities, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So most of it's universities because that's where they get the funding to do the research, right? They have research centers. And then a lot of time it's hospitals, like hospitals connected with the universities where mm -hmm. you have research professors right. and doctors who are performing the research and then connected with the hospital for the resources that they need and the patients. Yeah. Is that something you're thinking about, like eventually? No. Because you have all, like you, you're going to grow in your knowledge more and more, right? Yeah. So I like learning about all of it. Like I go to the conferences to learn about the current research and things like that. And then to understand more the science of it. But my goal is to help the people that are already suffered because we're not preventing concussions. Mm -hmm. so is it possible? Maybe one day. Maybe? Maybe one day. Okay. But think it's inside of your skull. So... Unless you're going to prevent your brain from moving inside of your skull, it's extremely difficult to prevent. Helmets are important, but they don't prevent a concussion. So No? Not at all? No. Oh. Really? They can reduce G-force to like a... Oh, so smidge. what do they do? They prevent traumatic brain injuries where you break your skull. Oh, okay. Fracture your skull. Mm. Like very important because they... The mild traumatic brain injury is a lot better to get than the traumatic brain right. injury. You know, where you lose your ability to walk and things like that. Yeah, right? Michael Schumacher, he's a favorite. Like he's not a, like he's a famous example of, he had a helmet on, mm -hmm. he went off the ski um, area, lost control, hit his head, but uh, big, big injury, big, mm -hmm. big brain injury. Yeah, well where helmets are helping reduce like the traumatic brain injuries that people are suffering from, right? Yeah. yeah I'd rather break a helmet than break my head. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, but no, that's not really my area. I'm more just helping the people that are going through it and their families and things because I find that gets left out by a lot of professionals. It's like mental health too, right? Yeah, like they talk to the patient and then they forget that their whole family is going through this as well. Like I talk to people on the show that are parents. Mm -hmm. Well, their kids are watching them go through this or for myself, my parents watched me go through this and no one helped them understand what was going on with me, how to talk to me. Things like that. So I like to focus on that side of things and the lifestyle th side of things because it's not really being addressed much at all. So <laughs> there's a really big gap there. So there's a lot of people researching, but there's not a lot of people helping 
with the non-medical side of concussions. And you're bringing that along. Working on it. Yeah, you yeah. do. You do one episode a week? One a week. Yeah, that's busy. Right? Not as many as you. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, we don't compare. <laughs> so many. It's not a podcast <laughs> measuring contest. <laughs> no, we never compare. So many. Yeah, you can only compare yourself with yourself. Yeah, no, once a week. Yeah. 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 You, did you think you want to do more about that? Like you want to do more? Uh, so the podcast once a week is all I will probably ever do. Get, yeah. Keep it at that. And nice. then if the world would open, I've already done a lot of public speaking, but it's more virtual. Yeah. So I work on that. And like then you would go to high schools and stuff? Uh, high schools, colleges, and then I do medical conferences. Ah. So to speak on the other side of it that medical professionals need to learn about because mm -hmm. they're missing it. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're so focused on the science that they're forgetting the other half that their patients are dealing with. Right. So I do that. And then uh, books and conferences. Oh, writing a book? Yeah. You're writing a book? Three. You're writing three books right now? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Want to tell me about it? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so there's one, which is just a like mini ebook, which is like 101 concussion tips. And that one is just like general things like is, is mental health. No. no. Okay. Okay. Mental health, dealing with anger, dealing with family, relationships, school, mm -hmm. ath like being an athlete. Kind of just a tip book. Nice. And so there's that one. And then I'm also writing my story uh -huh. as a book. But I'm writing it in like a there's me and then there's older me looking at me. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Like giving myself advice, questioning what I was thinking during a lot of the things that I did. That sort of thing. And then the last one is... Uh, based on my theory called the piece of cake. So the piece of cake is something where my theory comes in and why I don't ride horses anymore and mm -hmm. even casually. So when I was a competitive athlete, it was addicting. Like it was my whole life. It's all I thought about. It's all I did every day, morning to night. Even if I was at school, I was just watching horse shows. <laughs> Did you ever had like a motivation problem or you were, or you were always game? Very, yeah, very game. Just okay. like this is what I, like I was very like all in type person, you know? Wow. So that's how I was with that. So when you have a piece of cake in front of you and you have a piece of cake, it's really easy to want the rest of the cake. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you know, you're like, oh, that's really good. I want the rest. So if you don't touch the cake, it's really easy it's a lot easier to not touch it at all other than just going for that one piece. So for me, that's riding. So I don't ride at all Yeah. because riding be once in a while kind of makes me want the rest of the cake. Right. It brings you back. Yeah. So I'm yeah. working on like a psychological book and psychology and I'm working with a few psychologists on it mm. and just getting different input on how it affects people in different walks of life and yeah. how sometimes it's easier to just, leave the cake alone rather than have that piece so like i ride dirt bikes oh nice now and right? i do that for fun and i can do that casually because it's not the same as the show jumping was i'm not addicted mm. it wasn't my life so i'm able to do that without causing symptoms because i'm a lot better off than i was when i was show jumping so it allows me to do something i enjoy but also not be addicted. <laughs> so you're not jumping bikes. I am. Had <laughs> a girl. Had a girl. It's amazing. But, but not like six days a week and multiple hours a day. It's more oh. like a few days a week casually for fun. <laughs> yeah, especially with a horse too, right? 
Yeah, well, and to train to be a competitive athlete is a very different thing than just casually doing a sport. Yeah, for me, it was always the opposite. Like we did, my parents signed me up for competitive swimming, like five times a week, two hours at mm -hmm. night, and then competitions on the weekend. And my sister was there first, and I didn't want to go, but my parents said, hey, you going too. So for me, it was always the opposite. I didn't never wanted to go. Yeah, but it's like but we're it, all wired differently, right? It set it set me up though, like muscle memory and training mm -hmm. when you're younger and discipline and follow. And oh, it, for sure. I probably got addicted to. Well, much. I'm very pro sport. Like mm -hmm. I think it's really good for kids and things like that because it teaches you so much more than just being an athlete. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm -hmm. Wow. When 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 are you gonna hit those books out in the market there? Uh the concussion. 101 book will be out this summer and the other ones in a few years okay yeah wow. it's a process <laughs> and then you keep going with the podcast right yeah keep going with the podcast keep going with the conferences hopefully host my own conferences eventually mm -hmm. is i have a book actually it has a big eye on it for ideas and it's full and so eventually everything will get done but you have to do one thing at a time so right, right now you it's the podcast the one-on-one -on -one, growing the audience and helping people mm. and then slowly over time it'll be able to get bigger yeah mm -hmm. it does take time are yeah. you good being patient do you do you have good patience i <laughs> do and i don't like i have to like map it out and be like okay like i actually did this a few weeks ago i was like okay i'm doing way too many things mm -hmm. <laughs> i need to like regroup and then decide what i want to focus on right now for the winter and then i'll do it again in the spring and then start over yeah yeah, I had that moment too. It's like the last thing we're going to talk about where, you know, I could do more, but I can do less better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like focusing on the one-on-ones, the podcast, and then I'm starting a support group in mm. March. Okay. And so those three things are really helping people. So I'm going to do those three things right now. Like locally? Let's no, it's virtual. Okay. So across the world. That's amazing. Yeah. So that's what I like to do because it's everywhere. So yeah. I like to. I know. Like everything your, is accessed to across the world. Yeah. Your podcast is very like Glo the yeah. opposite of local. Yeah. It is the opposite of local. <laughs> it is actually. Yeah. I, I was like one, one guy in the radio once took like some snippets out of my podcast show. He didn't ask me. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> and he like, and he's like, he said, uh, it's a very local, local podcast. Yes, which is, well, you are very local. Uh, which we are. Yeah, I mean, like, like all your ads are local people, right. where my ads are peop are businesses that have to be not local because it doesn't work that way. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing how that works. Mm -hmm. we, we've been thinking, you know, once the world opens up again, people go through Thunder Bay, right? They have to if they drive. Yes. So then we will be... Not in the car with them. Not just local. Oh, you'll be... In the car with them. <laughs> More than local. <laughs> yeah, where mine, I actually haven't interviewed anyone in Thunder Bay. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, Cody Fraser had some concussions, I think. Well, lots of yep. people in Thunder Bay have. But mm -hmm. yeah, I have not interviewed anyone in Thunder Bay. But I've done uh, Australia and Europe a few times, mm -hmm. all over the US, all over Canada. You did Australia. Yeah. Kai Krinks. Oh, okay. You used to work with him at the Valhalla. Mm. Yeah, yeah. We we have listeners in forty two countries. Is it forty two or twenty four? So, uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, well, Spotify gave us some insights. Oh yes. right. They they drop it. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Cool. 
I I'm I'm good. Are you good? I'm great. Okay. <laughs> Then I think we wrap it up and call it a night. Yeah, well thank you. It's an honor. I think we could have talked longer, but Lucas is like I'm fading. Fading <laughs> real quick. He's done. Sounds good. I'm, yeah. I'm literally crying because I'm so tired. Like my eyes won't stop watering. <laughs> It's the furnace. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, thank you for watching. Please hit that like button, that subscribe button. All the links and everything will be in the description below, including the post-concussion podcast with the lovely Bella Page. Yeah, Brian says, thanks for the info. Best of luck to you. So thanks for yes, thank you. answering those questions today. For sure. Uh, one last question. Where can we listen to your podcast? Oh, everywhere. If you search postconcussioninc.com, you will find it on every single streaming service you can think of. There Perfect. You go. Yeah, mm -hmm. links will be all over. Great. All yeah. right. Bella, well, thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, thank you. Twitching is back, so I'm going to just end it here. <laughs> Bye.